Hey, I'm Kyle, and thanks for checking out this message today. We are glad you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is you can text River Connect one word to 97,000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and the upcoming events that we have going on. And lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text that amount to 84321, or again, you can check our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. We just want to say thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So, I don't know where you're at in life, uh, but Christmas time, I get really introspective. Um, like, I, I start analyzing stuff, I start looking into stuff, I, I, I really start kind of like forgetting that there's actually like days after Christmas. It, there, there's a week after Christmas that is this like in between time between the new year and Christmas. But for me, whatever reason, after Christmas, it's the end of the year, bring on 2024, let's move forward. But whatever happens around like the 18th to like the 24th, I, I really start looking at life. I really start analyzing. I, I, I have those moments where uh, I don't know if you're here, but you have that 500 foot look where you're, you're st- sitting in your chair, you're sitting on the couch, whatever it is, and then you're just like gazing off just. And like Kathy will catch me all the time, like, what you thinking about? And sometimes legitimately nothing, and then sometimes I, I don't actually want to tell my wife uh, what I'm thinking about because it's silly. But for whatever reason, around Christmas time, I, I, I run into like uh, patches of overthinking. And they're really, really silly sometimes because they can be as, as simple as like, will my kids like that gift? Or even on the other side of that token, am I going to regret buying that gift for my kids? So you pick that loud drum set and you're like, this is going to be great. Or the, the, the toy that needs batteries and makes all that noise. And you're like, you see it in the store. You're like, this is the best thing ever. Junior's going to love it. <laughs> Two weeks later, you're like, oh, man, the battery port, it's broken. Too bad. Like, I, I'm living there. And so for me, like, I, I, I'm dealing with, like, Nintendo Switch-itis right now. In my head, I'm like... Ooh, am I going to regret that decision? Uh, boys are being turds right now. Like, I was like, is this going to backfire on me? That like, sweet, I got you your own Pokemon game. Stop taking my phone. Like, but I'm now overthinking. Is this going to disrupt their entire character or who they're going to be for the rest of their life? They're no longer moving out. They're going to be like that 35-year-old living in my basement for the rest of the life because I gave them a Nintendo Switch at 8. These are the things that plague my mind. So as silly as that is, that's where it is. But then I also wind up like, again, Kathy, what's going on? And I'm regretting, like, why did I play that running back in fantasy football playoffs? I'm not going to win. My friends aren't going to like me anymore. They're going to kick me out of the league because I lost. And it's like, no, they're not going to do any of that. I played the best running back I possibly could have played. But for whatever reason, around this time of year, overthinking happens. But then we start getting into, like, some real, real deal things where I'm like, did I pastor well this year? And man, like the, the, the enemy knows how to like really distort truth and erode that. And again, are, are there failings in life, in my life? Yeah, of course. Missed opportunities, missed opportunities for grace, love, abilities to love somebody, call somebody, sure. But it doesn't say that all of that's there. You're not a complete failure because you missed one time. You're not getting your marriage in the same way. Did I pass her well? Did, was my marriage healthy? Yeah, you miss sometimes and you have some wins. But again, you start overthinking, you start overthinking, you start overthinking. Uh, but then, like, uh, over the last week, I, I've really been just sitting on, like, why in the world would Jesus save me? 
Now, again, we, we can run to John 3, 16, well, he loved you. And again, God so loved the world. And I, I'm blessed that Jesus loved me. But I'm like, but why me? Why would you pick me? Well, not only why would you pick me, why would you purpose me to get, bring me to a place where, again, like I, I get to call myself a pastor, I get the privilege to be able to proclaim the greatness and the love and the hope of Christ on Christmas Eve of all days. I'm like, why are you doing that? So again, it's not as sometimes as simple as when you see somebody in that 500-foot view. What's going on in your head? And it might just be me. But I do believe that this is a common problem for a lot of people. It's overthinking. You catch yourself spiraling. You start thinking about silly things that don't even matter. You play the game, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And after 45 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe a day and a half, you're just sitting in a place of, like, stress. You're sitting in a place of turmoil. And for me, like, again, maybe I'll be open and honest. If, if you don't struggle with that, great, come and show me how to do that. But for the rest of us who can be like, you know what? Sometimes I do overthink. And today of all days, I, I was looking at this, and we get to celebrate something that we get to know peace. We get to know hope, we get to know love, and to be able to talk about all the things that Jesus is, is monumental. Like we, we could be here for the next five hours, and we could just talk about all the characteristics of who Jesus is, all the teachings, all the fact that he, he fulfilled the Old Testament. We, we could land on so much of Jesus. But today I want to talk about one simple thing, peace. And to really put it there, do you have peace from your relationship with Jesus? So for me, when I was navigating out this week, and I was like, why am I overthinking? Again, like why? fantasy football, this the, the shouldn't derail me as a person. The thinking about lost opportunities, this shouldn't derail me as a person. I, I really should be resting in the peace of the Lord. What do I do? Same way that we, should, what we always should do when we're trying to figure out life's answers or questions. We go to the answer. That is God's book. That is the Bible. Here's your free commercial. Read your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible today, this is the best Christmas gift I can give you. We can give you a Bible before you leave today. But when I was reading through Scripture, I went back to the beginning of Jesus' birth. And so I found myself in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, it starts in verse 26, and it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her, and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now this is where it gets really, really interesting. How do you handle unexpected news? So I love the Bible. The Bible's not written with superheroes in it. It's not fictional. It's not meant to be like plot development where the person like shows, man, they've done this. It, the Bible is meant to illuminate who God is. It shows the character of God. It shows God's plan. It shows that he meant to rescue us. The Bible here, though, shows Mary, a normal girl. And I say girl respectfully because most theologians and most historians believe she was in between 13 to 15 years old. She's a girl. She'd be in our student ministry. But how do you handle unexpected news? And in this moment, you see Gabriel was sent by God to come and tell Mary unexpected news. Not just unexpected news of, hey, you're going to be pregnant. Not just unexpected news of, hey, this is going to change your life. 
unexpected news that you are so unique that this is only going to happen to you out of all of humanity. You are the only person who is going to bear a son conceived by the Holy Spirit. How do you handle unexpected news? Because what happens with Mary in verse 29 in Luke chapter 1? Mary's initial response, when she sees an angel, which we could go into all things, what does an angel look like? All of a sudden, the light shows up. All of a sudden, unexpected news. But it says, but she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. She was troubled by the greeting. She hadn't even gotten to the news. We know what the news is going to be. But she was troubled at this greetings, O favored one. She was, she was troubled by the identity that God was calling her. I don't know where you're at because I handle compliments horribly. She was troubled that she got a compliment from the Lord. Ooh, some of us are like, yeah, I overthink that sometimes. Someone says, hi, how you doing? You're doing a great job. No, they don't really know me. But this is Mary. Angel shows up. She's greatly troubled. How do you handle unexpected news? How do you handle unexpected compliments? And for Mary, she's greatly troubled. Again, she's troubled. She's stressed. She's, she, she's asking a mile, or she's asking questions a mile a minute. But again, she's, what does she start doing? She, she's troubled. And then I love this. She tried to discern. She tried to figure it out. Has anybody ever said something to you that was kind of like, you didn't know how to take it, then instantly you start spiraling? Have a good day. What do you mean by that? What? I was just saying, have a good day. Like, that's all I was saying. Like, oh, that, it's because you were mad last night. I, I do that to Kathy all the time. I'm like, I, I perceive you're upset about that. She's like, no, I was just saying, bye, have a nice day. I'm like, but we kind of fought last night. I didn't put away the dishes last night. I was like, you've clearly got to be mad at me. And it's like, no, I'm just generally like, have a, have a good day. But this is Mary. Before we even get to the totality of the depth of the news that she's about to receive, even at that old greetings, old favored one, an angel shows up, God is talking to her, an instant overthinking. She starts discerning, what are you doing, God? And again, this will be the second time God really starts speaking. God showed up uh, with uh, Mary's relatives, with uh, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And again, he talks there. This is the second time God sends an angel, really starts talking. So God's been silent for about 400 years. Mary knew this. And all of a sudden, God just shows up. Greetings, O favorite one. Okay. Mary starts overthinking, like, how is this going to impact me? Because when God shows up in your life, that starts impacting you. When God becomes real in your life, that, that starts changing the direction you're going. That, that, that means that you're going to start thinking differently and being differently and you're going to start responding differently because when God shows up, it's going to impact you. But to even look at this, but like, how can I be favored? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not loving enough. I, I, I'm me. But then I think there's even this like, deeper thing. What do you mean by favored? Because if God shows up and starts talking like, hey, you're favored, generally that probably entails that there's going to be something great that comes out of that. It's going to be a, something good is going to happen. Now, it might not be like good that you think it's going to be because it's probably going to be an interruption. But in the same right that God is going to use you for his plan, for his glory, for his greatness. And then what happens? Uh, verse 30 in Luke chapter 1, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For I, you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. So now we really get the, oh, greetings, oh, favored one. Now we really get that unexpected news. See, we knew the unexpected news. And sometimes when we read the Bible, like, we're like, right, we, we know what's coming up. But to think of that initial moment, greetings, oh, favored one. Huh? By the way, you're going to conceive a child. You want to talk about overthinking? Because I know every single mother in this room, the moment you found out that you were with child and you were carrying a life and God blessed you, again, started knitting a child inside of your, your body, oh, the questions start. And dudes don't ever say you understand what's going on. That's just instantaneous fight. You don't get it. Like, again, you can emphasize, you can get partly there, but just, okay. But this is where Mary's saying. And then Mary's next response in verse 34, and it said, and Mary said to the angel. And this is my favorite thing when I was reading the narrative and looking at the Bible with fresh eyes. This is the only question that Mary actually asks. Life-altering news changing the destiny of her life, being used a part of God's amazing plan for salvation. Mary asks one question, how will this be since I am a virgin? She asks a biology question. She understands where babies, again, the plan that God has used to conceive children. She's like, I'm a virgin. I'm pure. I haven't been with a man. She doesn't ask any other questions. Oh, how's the throne of David? And how's it the father of David? She has just one very simple question. Has overthinking ever gotten you to the point where you just ask those really, really like simple, like doesn't really have to do with the entire totality of the plan? But you ask that one simple question? That's Mary right here. Overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. What about the cat? It has nothing to do with anything. You're trying to figure out bills. You're trying to figure out how, what is the dog going to do? Mary, she's hearing all of these things. And behold, you are going to conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. Like, angels giving the name. How's that going to happen? Overthinking brings you to the, the, that logical point. And then again, the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, is conceived and conceived a son and this is the sixth month from her who is called barren for nothing will be impossible with God and then again Mary asked the question this is Mary's other response so unexpected news she asked a question that's okay good enough she was understanding the reality of like what is this this is unique this is life altering this is changing but then Mary said behold I am a servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from him. So notice how many details got addressed here. Where are we going to live? What's it going to look like? Joseph doesn't come up in this story at all. We'll get to Joseph in a second. What are people going to say about me? What are people going to think about me? How am I not going to get stoned to death by the religious law that says, again, if you, if you, if you have uh, intercourse premarital, you, you have to die. None of those questions get answered. And we're in an overthinking moment. How is that going to happen? This is the thing that kind of brought me to a place of peace. Notice that God showed up. God answered what he needed to say. But God was completely in every single one of the details. Think about where we go in life sometimes. We run around, we try to figure everything out, but God is completely in the details. 
God, this is what's going to happen. This is who he's going to be. This is what's going to happen. Here's what you need to be. Here's what you need to know. I answered your question. Peace. I'm out. We're good. But in that moment, even for Mary, and I am a servant of the Lord at that moment. I trust you. I understand that you're in the details. That's the first story that we have about overthinking. That's Mary's side of the story. Now let's just jump to Joseph's because this made me laugh as a guy. In Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So like all things, Luke chapter 1 happens before Matthew chapter 1. But she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So now you get Joseph's side of the story. You get Joseph's side of the unexpected. Joseph all of a sudden just has Mary show up. Hey, we're supposed to get married. It's going to be beautiful. White dress. I don't know if they did white dresses up there. We're going to have kids one day. They're dreaming. And all of a sudden, hey, by the way, angel came to me. I'm having a baby. He's going to sit on the throne of David. I actually already have his name. Like, but I wanted to name him after me. Like, again, Joseph doesn't even get that. But she shows up and she explains everything to Joseph. But Joseph's character here, what do you see? You see a just man. You see a kind man. You see an empathetic man. You see, you see a man not full of drama. He's not looking to, like, go on the internet and be like, listen to what my wife did. She was betrothed. Look at her. Let's call her names and throw rocks at her. No. He, ooh. I don't want to hurt her. Why? Because Joseph loved his wife. He cared for her. Yes, this was a completely one and only person on earth who can honestly say, like, hey, I've conceived a child from the Holy Spirit. But what is Joseph's response? He's in the middle of a life choice. He's in the middle of trying to figure out what to do. Like, oh, what do I do? What do I not do? And again, he's unwilling to put her to shame and resolve to divorce her quickly. Now, baby news alters life completely, especially for a guy. But for Joseph, he's like, ah, yeah, I don't want really people to look at Mary that way. Notice he's not focused on himself. I want to take care of Mary here. And I love this verse in verse 20. I was laughing at this when I was reading this. But as he considered these things, now one, sometimes the Bible isn't to scale. Let's just kind of come to the place where we understand that these things aren't just small little things. Hey, your betrothed is coming up to you, talking to you about, hey, having a baby by the Holy Spirit. Hey, your betrothed, who you're supposed to get married, like the first child isn't yours. Take some walking out. Your entire life plan has now changed. These things... I don't think sometimes the Bible gets to the depths of all the things, but for us to like look at like, oh, wow, this is a lot going on for Joseph. Do, do, do I got to kill her? Do I, do I got to walk away? Like, what's going to happen? But I, I was cracking up again. Joseph begins to overthink here. Again, he's considering these things, and I love this next slide. And behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So this is sometimes we just we, we skip over details in the Bible. Joseph was considering things so intently, so extremely. He was so focused, he needed a nap. Dudes, I know for a fact every single one of us have been in a situation like that. You're thinking, you're overthinking, you're trying to figure it out, and the only thing that you can conclude, I just need a nap. I was cracking up at that. I was like, that, that's me 100%. Trying to figure out where to go, trying to figure out what to do. And for some of us, it is just like, what's for dinner? And that causes like that overload, and then we need a nap from that. But 
sometimes we start overthinking so much. The only logical solution is a lap, nap. That's Joseph. And then again, in the, in the dream, again, angel shows up, and he says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and, you, and he will save his people from their sins. And praise God, that is one of the best verses in the Bible. Anybody, did Jesus really have to come and die on the cross? Like it, It's right there from the very beginning. Jesus came to save us from our sins. The, the, the beautiful picture of the gospel. But notice this, though. An angel shows up. Joseph is considering all of these things. He's stressed out. He's overthinking. He takes a nap. But what's his one question? Should I stay with Mary or should I not? And what does God answer? Because, again, angels can only say what God tells them to say. The angel showed up, and he answered Joseph's question perfectly. You don't need to know what it's going to be like raising the Son of God. You don't need to know where it's going to be like where you're living. You don't got to worry about bills. You don't got to worry about the fact that, again, this is the incarnate deity, and you're trying to raise him and walk that through. Joseph's turmoil, Joseph's stress, Joseph's, I'm considering all these things that was causing that overthinking. Do I stay with Mary or do I not? And in that moment when God says, stay with Mary, this is factual, this is true. The, the Lord has picked her. She is, oh, favored one. Like She, she is going to be the mother of the Lord. Doesn't answer any questions, but once again, what do you see? God shows up and he's in the details. And God is always in the details that matter the most. He didn't explain to Joseph how everything was going to be. He didn't explain, hey, by the way, uh, Jesus is going to be 12 one day, and he's going to run away to the temple, and it's going to stress you guys out a lot. Like, go into those details. But God answers the details that matter the most. And the fact that God is in those details that matter the most shows us what kind of God we have. We have a God that wants for you to have peace. And for us to look at this, overthinking isn't anything new. The, the, the world has not changed too much in 2,023 years from the time Jesus was born. You still see overthinking. Some of you are sitting there being like, I'm going to overthink tonight and I'm going to take a nap. Like, we know we're going to be there. The, the world is, it hasn't changed. The reality is overthinking is a human condition. And that human condition, the, the, the root of it is, is sin. And I think Gary said it a couple weeks ago, but he was saying like that, that, that root of, of sin and anxiety and overthinking is, is basically our, our need for control. I thought that was very well said. But look at Mary and Joseph. And they're considering these things. They're stressed out about these things. But eventually, guess what they did? And this is really hard for all of us. They relinquished control. I am a servant. I'm so stressed out, I'm taking a nap. Woke up, keep her, sweet man. But that's it. For us, so often, well, that's not a problem anymore. That was a problem 2,000 years ago. Or that's only a problem now. Mental health is only a problem now in 2023, 2024. No. Overthinking, anxious thinking, continually focused on thinking and not being able to let it go has always been there. And the truth that I've been kind of going through is like, I have no idea what causes you stress. I'm kind of like more and more like admitting the fact that like, I really don't know anything because I'm not God. And I'm gripping that like, I I don't know the stresses. 
I don't know the anxieties. I don't know if I say something as simple as have a good day, what you're walking away with. Have a good day. What does he mean by that? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know all the turmoil you're going through. For even some of you who come in like, hey, I have a prayer request, or hey, uh, can I let you in on the situation for some biblical advice? Like, yeah, I'll step into that, but I know for the fact that there's always something hidden. There's always something deeper. But the truth is, I don't know what is causing you to overthink. But while I was trying to go in through this, I put myself in a spot where I was like, okay, but why Christmas? And while I was sitting there going through that, I was like, every single one of us, I, I think, can look at a spot like, man, there's strife, there's turmoil, there's overthinking, which ultimately caused is to just a warringness in our hearts. There's rebellion going on. There's that need for control. We lack peace. But then when I was looking at Christmas... I came to the realization that the birth of Jesus didn't take away all the stress, strife, and overthinking and confusion on this side of eternity. We live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. There's going to be strife. There's going to be overthinking. There's going to be confusion. There's going to be stress. But the birth of Jesus didn't take away all the stress, strife, overthinking, and confusion that void my warring soul from peace. But the beauty about Jesus' birth is we now have a place to put that. We can take the strife. We can take the overthinking. We can take the confusion. We can take all those things that void our heart and soul of peace. And we have a place to put it. Cast your anxieties on me, Jesus says. And for us to look at this, The fact that Jesus gives us a place to put our overthinking, our confusion, our strife, and our confusion, we have to look at this on this side of eternity. We have to embrace the fact that we're going to run into those things. But how often do we take those things to actually our Savior, to our King, to our Lord? And while I was looking at this, again, Jesus, again, our Emmanuel, our God with us, came down and he rescues us from ourselves. He came down to dwell with us so we can understand us. He came down to be a love that would bring peace to our warring souls. But how often do we look to Christ? Fast forward nine months. Mary's sitting around with Joseph. There's no room in the inn. You got angels showing up, and in Luke chapter 2, verse 16, it reads, And when they went with haste, we're talking about the shepherds, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known, to the, they made known the saying that they had been t- told from concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. And I love this. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them. But what was Mary pondering? What was Mary treasuring? In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and again, this is the greatest verse for humanity. In Luke 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that there will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angels, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace 
on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. What was Mary treasuring? The announcement that came from God. The worship was set that will never be seen again where heavenly hosts appear to man. The fact that the, the, the chorus was glory to God in his highest. The, the chorus goes, and again, and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. For us, we're not any different than Mary. Now Mary got to be, again, the, 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 the mother of the Lord. But for us, we can look at Mary. We see, she have a kid? There's trouble when that announcement came. Do we need to add the fact that she was like nine and a half months pregnant and then there was a census that came and she had to like walk on a donkey to like the other side of the country? There's no room in an inn. All these things can cause overthinking. All these things can get going. But what's the thing that Mary taught me and Joseph taught me this week? That Mary treasured Jesus. And she looked at Jesus. And she saw something that brought her peace. Mary and Joseph have questions. But the best thing is, is God was always the answer. Again, God was in the details. And he always pointed back to him. I know you got to figure out what it's going to be like to raise a kid. Sorry I took away the opportunity to name your kid. I know there's going to be a lot of ridicule because you're a young girl and now you're walking around saying, hey, I conceived a child and it's from the Holy Spirit. Like, I know those are things. Hey, Joseph, by the way, you're going to get punched in the face repeatedly by your friends and your community because, again, you're sticking with Mary. All those things bring overthinking. All those things bring war. All those things bring just like, what is going on? But the moment Mary looked at that boy, she looked down not at just her son, at her Lord, at her Savior, at her peace. And at this moment, all that overthinking got transformed to treasure. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his son shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. I love this one. Prince of Peace. Mary's peace came when she saw Jesus. She was troubled, overthinking. Joseph was so wrapped up in it, he took a nap. But for them, the one who brought them peace was the one that was proclaimed that he was going to be Emmanuel. He was going to be God with us. He was going to be the Savior. He's going to be the rescuer. He's going to be the friend. He's going to be the propitiation of our sins. The way that Matthew even says, he's the one who's going to be born. He's going to take away the sins of mankind. And at that moment, the warring heart within Mary and Joseph stopped because they looked at Jesus And they saw peace. As much as I got lost up in fantasy football and what's this Nintendo Switch going to do to my eight-year-old, I realized I I got all the questions in the world. But God is always the answer. And God is always in the details. But what about you? It's Christmas Eve. Be remiss if I didn't ask this question. Does Jesus bring you peace? Because I had a kind of, kind of the, the, the heart-to-heart with the Lord. Like, am I really at peace with the gospel? Am I really at peace with the birth of my Savior? What about you? You're here, you came, and again, like we, we can say Christmas tradition. We can say just something to do with family. Great, but you're here. 
purposely, not accidentally show up here. But for you, does Jesus bring you peace? Does he calm you? Does it calm you to know that God is in the details? That yes, you can ask questions, but God will give you the question that you need to know, but he wants you to know him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to understand that again, though, the same way Mary did all these questions. What is going to happen? This is going to go on. Like Jesus is told he's going to die. Like when he's still in the manger and Mary's just like, but I got peace. Because she had peace in her hands. But do you have Jesus? Because it's very, very simple to know whether or not you have Jesus. Again, you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like, does that bring you peace this time of year? Do you look at your warring heart and you start looking at like, man, what do I got to do here? What do I got to do here? What's going to happen to me when I'm on the other side of eternity? And I ask you, do you have peace with Jesus? Because if you don't have peace with Jesus today, today is the day that you can know his salvation. You can know his love. You can know his hope. And you can know a peace that passes all understanding. That's strong enough to get through any sense of anxiety, anything of overthinking, any type of stress. Because he is the answer. But church, before we leave today, is he your peace? And if you want to know whether or not he's your peace come and talk to me afterwards. So before we wrap up, I always have a tradition around here at the River Church. I always do a candlelight worship song. So what's going to happen after I kind of get off the stage, I got a friend of mine who's going to help me kind of light some candles. We're going to kind of start from the back and move forward. But as you're kind of singing and worshiping him, and you're looking at that light, does the light of Jesus bring you peace? And if you're here, but like, I got to hold the candle, like, if you need to make yourself right with the Lord and you want to know what that looks like, don't hold the candle and come and talk to me. Because today is the day that you could know a peace that is going to help your soul in an eternal way.